0: Welcome to this week's episode of FTR's Weekly Trucking Update Podcast, hosted by Avery Weiss. Join Avery each week as he dissects everything from market trends to economic indicators to explore how these factors are shaping the trucking landscape. Download the graphics package at ftrintel.com slash podcasts, and feel free to use those slides as you defend your transportation thought leadership within your own company. So, buckle up as we embark on a journey through the dynamic and ever-changing world of trucking. And now, here's your host, Avery Weiss.
1: Welcome to FTR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 240 for the week of November 20th, 2023. Before we start, a reminder, you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. We have quite a bit of ground to cover this week, so let's get to it, starting with diesel prices. The national average price of diesel fell another 8.5 cents to $4.20.9 a gallon during the week ended November 20th. Prices were down on average in all regions, ranging from 2.6 cents in New England to 10.1 cents in the Midwest. The lowest prices were, as they usually are, in the Gulf Coast region, where the average price in the latest week was $3.84 a gallon. The highest price, also as usual, was in California, this week at $5.64 a gallon. Prices have now fallen in seven of the last nine weeks, including the last four weeks in a row, for a total of more than $0.42 a gallon. The outlier during that nine week period was five weeks ago when the national average price jumped by a little over 10 cents a gallon. Over the past four weeks, prices are down nearly 34 cents. Meanwhile, crude prices have been moving around a bit, although it's in a fairly narrow range. A week ago, West Texas Intermediate was trading at above $78 a barrel. WTI on November 16th closed at $72.90, which was the lowest price since July. But in the last couple of trading sessions, crude has risen nearly $5 to $77.60 a barrel, where it closed on November 20th. Okay, let's talk about the spot market for truck freight during the week ended November 17th. That's week 46 of the year. Total broker posted rates in the truck stop system almost always rise during the week before Thanksgiving but that did not happen during the latest week. Spot rates barely changed for refrigerated and flatbed and they declined modestly in dry van. All three equipment types usually see a significant rate increase during the week before Thanksgiving. Capacity for shortfalls during Thanksgiving week usually mean higher dry van spot rates But given the weakness we saw in the latest week, that uh, certainly is now uncertain. The total broker posted rate eased six-tenths of a cent uh, in the current week after declining just over two cents in the prior week. Rates were about 12% below the same week last year and about 6% below the five-year average. The comparison versus the five-year average was the weakest since late July. Total rates have been moving generally according to seasonal expectations, but the latest week clearly was weaker than what seasonality would dictate. Let's look at rates by segment. Drive-in spa rates fell 3.5 cents. They were down 11% compared to the same week last year and 13.5% below the five-year average. The comparison with the five-year average, again, 13.5% below, was the weakest since the spring of 2020. Drive-in rates now are only about 7 cents higher than they were during the recent bottom, which was the week before the International Road Check inspection event back in May. Refrigerated spot rates barely changed, ticking up just a tenth of a cent after rising about 3 cents in the prior week. Refrigerated rates typically increased significantly during the week before Thanksgiving. Rates were about 10% below the same week last year, and almost 8% below the five-year average. And flybed spot rates increased seven-tenths of a cent after falling more than three cents in the prior week. They were nearly 14% below the same 2022 week and more than 2% below the five-year average. Let's look at volume. Total load load activity was up slightly, about a percent and a half, after falling 8% during the previous week. Volume was about 17% below the same week last year and about 26% percent below the five year average. Volume was down in the mountain central and south central regions, but up elsewhere. Dry van loads increased 4.6 cent six percent after falling nearly nine percent in the prior week. They were down on the west coast and they barely changed in the northeast, but they were up elsewhere. Volume was about 19% below the same week last year and 28% below the five-year average. Refrigerated loads increased 1.4% after edging up about a half a percent in the prior week. Loads rose strongly in the southeast. They were also up on the west coast and in the south-central region, but they were down elsewhere. Load volume was almost 21% below the same week last year and nearly 28% below the five-year average for the week. Flatbed loads eased a little over a percent after falling more than 11 percent in the prior week. They were down sharply in the Mountain Central and the South Central regions, and slightly so in the Southeast, but they were up elsewhere. Volume was nearly 14 percent below the same 2022 week and about 32 percent below the five year average. Let's wrap up the weekly data with quick looks at unemployment benefits and mortgage rates. Continued claims for unemployment benefits in the latest week rose by 32,000, seasonally adjusted to 1.87 million. That's the highest level of seasonally adjusted continued claims since November of 2021. Ongoing claims generally have been declining since mid-April, but they have risen for the past eight weeks. Initial claims for benefits uh, rose by 13,000, seasonally adjusted to $231,000, is the highest level of initial claims since mid-August. The week-over-week increase also was the largest since early August. Mortgage rates declined for the third straight week, although the decrease in the latest week was far smaller than the more-than-quarter point drop in the prior week. The average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage decreased 7.44%, from 7.5% in the prior week, according to Freddie Mac. Since we're on the topic of the housing market already, let's stay there and talk about residential construction. Continued gains in sales of new homes apparently are preserving some demand for construction despite high mortgage rates. Starts of new homes increased about 2% month over month, seasonally adjusted in October. Although the increase did follow a small downward revision of the earlier September estimate. The preliminary October figure is about 1% higher than the initial September ex- estimate. Housing starts were down more than 4% year over year. Starts of single family homes barely budged, taking up just two tenths of a percent month over month. Single family starts were up about 13% year over year. Starts in multifamily buildings of five or more units. Uh, rose for the second straight month after falling sharply in both August and June. Multifamily starts were down nearly 32% year-over-year. Permits authorized for future construction, which is more of a forward-looking metric, increased about a percent month-over-month, but they were down 4.4% year-over-year. Single-family permits ticked up just half a percent uh, and were up about 14% year-over-year permits fell uh, for multifamily units by 14% and were down nearly 32% year-over-year. Now, starts and permits generally have been stronger for single-family homes than multifamily homes in recent months, but the number of housing units under construction is a very different story. Overall, the number of housing units under construction barely changed, easing just a tenth of a percent. However, the number of single-family homes under construction declined six-tenths of a percent, and that's the 17th straight month that single-family homes under construction have declined. Multifamily homes under construction also barely changed, rising just a tenth of a percent, but they are still near an all-time high. Let's talk about the industrial sector. Industrial production and manufacturing output saw sizable drops in October, but the United Auto Worker strikes against three U.S. automakers accounted for most of that weakness. Industrial production declined six tenths of a percent. Utilities output was down 1.6 percent, while mining production increased four tenths of a percent. Manufacturing output fell seven tenths of a percent, but the culprit was a 10% drop in motor vehicles and parts production uh, due to those strikes. Uh, And that was the largest decrease since April of 2020. Now, if we exclude the automotive sector, manufacturing output actually was pretty flat, ticking up just a tenth of a percent. The strikes, by the way, began in mid-September, if your memory is failing. They were phased in, so really the effect on automotive production was only pretty slight during September. It was really October that bore the full brunt of the strikes' impacts. UAW, you'll recall, struck tentative deals with General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis in late October, and just last week, rank-and-file union members at all three manufacturers ratified those negotiated contracts. Also, as an aside, last week saw the resolution of the UAW-MAC trucks dispute as union members ratified a five-year contract. Aside from automotive, manufacturing saw notable declines in output within primary metals, down 7.1%, and furniture and related products, down 1.4%. The largest increases were in computer and electronic products, up nearly 2%, and electrical, equipment, appliances, and components, a category that was up a percent and a half. Total manufacturing output in October was down 1.7% year over year, excluding motor vehicles and parts, output was down 1.4% year-over-year, year, and that is where it's been for 3 straight months. Okay, moving on to the consumer sector, retail and food service sales held nearly flat in October, easing just a tenth of a percent month-over-month, month. as noted in later in the podcast, uh, inflation was not a major issue during the month, so sales adjusted for inflation really didn't look much different. So rather than being down a tenth of a percent, they declined two-tenths of a percent, according to data from the St. Louis Federal Reserve. While sales overall were nearly flat, individual retail sectors saw considerable differences. In essence, a drop in vehicle and parts sales offset small gains in food services and drinking places, i.e. restaurants and bars, and non-store retail, and a modestly larger increase for food and beverage stores. Some other major categories were closer to the overall change. For example, sales at general merchandise stores declined two-tenths of a percent. Although the unadjusted decrease in sales was minuscule, it was actually the first month-over-month decline we've seen since March. Current dollar sales were up 2.5% year-over-year in October. Real sales were down seven-tenths percent. We'll stay with a related topic, which is inventories in retail and wholesale. The final retail and wholesale inventories and sales data for September brought no real surprises as the reported inventories to sales ratios squared with the advanced data that we had seen and showed that the sectors are in comfortable ranges for normal replenishment. The total retail uh, ratio rose to one31 That's the highest reading since May of 2020, but the figure represents continued recovery in depleted motor vehicles and parts inventories. Excluding automotive, the retail inventories to sales ratio edged down to 1.18, which is the lowest it has been since the same level in October of last year. Retail inventories excluding automotive are leaner than they were before the pandemic. The wholesale ratio fell sharply for the second straight month to 1.33, which is in line with the ratio prior to the pandemic and the manufacturing ratio held at 1.46. Our final couple of topics this week are about prices, specifically prices for consumers and businesses. We'll start with the consumer price index or CPI. Consumer prices held steady in the aggregate in October as falling gasoline prices offset an increase in housing. The 12-month change in all items, CPI was 3.2%. That's down from 3.7% in September and August. That's a very favorable change, but CPI is still running above the target rate um, that the Fed likes to see. Even when we exclude the big drop in fuel prices, inflation was tame in October the consumer price index less food and energy increased only 2 tenths of a percent and the 12-month change was 4% down from 4.1 in September aside from the big drop in energy the used cars and trucks index declined notably 8 tenths of a percent and that index is down 7.1% year over year by the way the index for new new vehicles dipped a tenth of a percent but It is up almost 2% year over year. Finally, let's talk about the producer price index, which includes components directly related to trucking. Prices at the producer level in October fell by the most month over month since April of 2020, primarily due to falling fuel prices. The index for final demand declined a half a percent seasonally adjusted, following a four tenths of a percent increase in September. The 12-month change in the index for final demand was 1.3%. Excluding foods, energy, and trade services, the producer price index for final demand ticked up a tenth of a percent. That is the smallest increase since the metric was unchanged in May. The PPI excluding foods, energy, and trade services has not declined month over month since April of 2020, but decreases are very rare, They've occurred only seven times since the data series began in 2013. Let's talk about pricing and freight transportation. The PPIs for freight transportation services generally rose in October. Before September, the General Freight Truckload Producer Price Index had fallen in 13 of 15 months. However, it increased 1.7% in September and another 2.7% in October. The truckload PPI is still down 13% year-over-year, but as recently as July, it was nearly 22% below the prior year level. Other trucking sectors did not see comparable strength. The PPI for long distance specialized eased 7 tenths of a percent and was down 4.6% year-over-year, The LTL producer price index rose, but only by six-tenths of a percent. However, it had spiked 4.4% in August, apparently due to yellow shutdown, and had risen another almost a percent in September. The LTL producer price index was 3% uh, higher in October than it was in October of 2022. The rail intermodal producer price index rose for the third straight month, Following decreases in eleven of the of the past twelve months, of the prior twelve months, the intermodal producer price index rose 2.3 percent in August and 2.2 percent in September. In October, it was up another nine tenths of a percent, but it was still down 5.9 percent year over year. Although the indexes for freight transportation do provide useful insights into pricing. We have to be careful because the levels and timing of fuel surcharges, which are bundled into those um, metrics, can skew the data. Therefore, changes over a month or two are not nearly as reliable as a sustained trend over several months. So we will revisit this in a month. Okay, let's recap some key takeaways for the week. Diesel prices fell substantially for the fourth straight week. Spot rates for trucking disappointed during the week before Thanksgiving. Continued jobless claims were the highest in two years. Mortgage rates declined of 7.44%. Housing starts rose modestly in October. Manufacturing output was steady, excluding motor vehicles and parts production. Automotive output plunged 10% month over month due to the United Auto Workers strikes. Retail and food service sales changed little in October. Inventories were generally leaner in September. Consumer pricing held steadily steady overall in October. Fuel accounted for a big drop in producer pricing. And freight transport pricing firmed a bit in October. Next week's docket is not as robust as this week. We'll talk about sales of new and existing homes and revenues for the trucking industry during the third quarter. Plus, of course, we'll recap the week in diesel prices, and the spot market for truck freight as usual. Meanwhile, on behalf of everyone at FTR, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. That's it for FTR's Trucking Market Update, episode 240 for the week of November 20th, 2023. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and we hope you will join us next week.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's Trucking Update Podcast with Avery Weiss. Be sure to check out FTR's additional complimentary market coverage at ftrintel.com state dash of dash freight dash today.